Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, Jocelyn Sawyer, Hayden, and Megan. Thank you all so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you find value in Dreamful and would also like to contribute to the show, please visit dreamfulstories.com. We can find info about the show, and on the support page, there's a link to become a Patreon subscriber. Patreon members get access to bonus episodes and perks like voting on future episodes, holographic stickers, and behind-the-scenes extras. This Valentine's Day, I think you should give yourself some love. One of the best ways to practice self-love is to make your mental health and happiness a priority. And I recommend getting BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a simple and convenient way to match up with a licensed professional therapist. Take a quick online quiz to assess which therapist would be the best fit and connect to them in under 48 hours in a safe and private online environment. Send a message to your counselor anytime and receive timely and thoughtful responses, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And if your counselor isn't a perfect fit for you, that's not a problem because BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. This service is available for clients worldwide, and you can find a licensed professional counselor that specializes in your specific needs. Best of all, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Start living a happier life today. As a listener of Dreamful, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com dreamful. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, help spelled H-E-L-P dot com slash dreamful. In our first ever Norse mythology episode, I will tell you the story of the Valkyrie and the tale of Brynhilde, who is kind of like the Norse warrior version of Sleeping Beauty. To my Scandinavian listeners, I did put a lot of work into pronouncing the names correctly, but if I mess up the pronunciation of things, I hope you can forgive me and enjoy the story anyway. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams. Against the time when the riders of Muspelheim, with the giants and the evil powers of the underworld, would bring on battle, Odin was preparing a host of defenders for Asgard. They were not of the Aesir, nor of the Venir, 
they were of the race of mortal men. Heroes chosen from amongst the slain on fields of battle in Midgard. To choose the heroes and to give victory to those whom he willed to have victory. Odin had battle maidens that went to the fields of war. Beautiful were those battle maidens and fearless. Wise were they also, for to them Odin showed the runes of wisdom. Valkyries, choosers of the slain, they were named. They wore helmets of silver or gold and blood-red corselets and with spears and shields glittering. They boldly charged through the fray on their meddlesome white steeds. These horses galloped through the realms of air and over the quivering Bifrost, bearing not only their fair riders, but the hero slain, who after having received the Valkyrie's kiss of death, were thus immediately transported to Valhalla. For those chosen, Odin made ready a great hall. Valhalla, the Hall of the Slain it was called. 540 doors had Valhalla, and out of each door, 800 champions might pass. Every day, the champions put on their armor and took their weapons down from the walls and went forth and battled with each other. All who were wounded were made whole again, and in peace and goodly fellowship, they sat down to the feast that Odin prepared for them. Odin himself sat with the champions, drinking wine, but eating no meat. Every day, the champions ate the flesh of a boar that was killed and cooked, and every morning, it was whole again. For drink they had the mead, and the Valkyries, the wise and fearless battle maidens, went amongst them filling up the drinking horns with the heady mead. Youngest of all the battle maidens was Brynhilde. Nevertheless, to her Odin had shown more of the runes of wisdom than he had shown to any of her sisters. And when the time came for Brynhilde to journey down into Midgard, he gave her a swan feather dress, such as he had given before to three other Valkyri sisters. In the dazzling plumage of a swan, the young battle maiden flew down from Asgard. Not yet 
Had she to go to the battlefields. Waters drew her, and as she waited on the will of Odin, she sought out a lake that had golden sands for its shore. And as a maiden, bathed in it. Now there dwelt near this lake a young hero whose name was Agnar. And one day, as Agnar lay by the lake, he saw a swan with dazzling plumage fly down to it. And while she was in the reeds, the swan feather dress slipped off her. And Agnar beheld the swan change to a maiden. So bright was her hair, so strong and swift were all her movements, that he knew her for one of Odin's battle maidens, for one of those who give victory and choose the slain. Very daring was Agnar, and he set his mind upon capturing this battle maiden, even though he should bring on himself the wrath of Odin by doing it. He hid the swan feather dress that she had left in the reeds, so when she came out of the water, she might not fly away. Agnar gave back to her the swan feather dress, but she had to promise that she would be his battle maiden. As they walked together, the young Valkyrie saw in him a hero that one from Asgard might help. Very brave and very noble was Agnar. Brynhilda went with him as his battle maiden, and she told him much from the runes of wisdom that she knew, and she showed him that Odin's last hope was in the bravery of the heroes of the earth, with the chosen from the slain for his champions, who would make battle in defense of Asgard. Brynhilde was always with Agnar's battalions. Above the battle she hovered, her bright hair and flashing battle dress outshining the spears and swords and shields of the warriors. But the grey-beard king Helmgunnar made war on the young Agnar. Odin favored the grey-beard king, and to him he promised victory. Brynhilde knew the will of Odin, but to Agnar, not to Helmgunnar, she gave the victory. Doomed was Brynhilde the instant she went against Odin's will. Never again might she come into Asgard, the mortal woman she was now. Sorrowful was Odin that the wisest of his battle maidens might never appear in Asgard, nor walk by the benches of the feasts of his champions in Valhalla. 
he rode down to where Brynhilda was. And when he came before her, it was his, and not her head that was bowed down. For she knew now that the world of men was paying a bitter price for the strength that Asgard would have in the last battle. The bravest and noblest were being taken from Midgard to fill up the ranks of Odin's champions. And Brynhilda's heart was full of anger against the rulers of Asgard, and she cared no more to be of them. Odin looked on his unflinching Valkyrie, and he said, Is there anything you would have me bestow on thee in your mortal life, Brynhilde? Nothing but this, Brynhilde answered, that in my mortal life, no one but a man without fear, the bravest hero in the world, may claim me for a wife. Odin bowed his head in thought. It shall be as you have asked, he said. Only he who is without fear shall come near thee. Then on top of the mountain that is called Hinfil, he had a hall built that faced the south. Ten dwarfs built it of black stone. And when the hall was built, he put round it a wall of mounting and circling fire. More did Odin. He took a thorn of the tree of sleep, and he put it into the flesh of the battle maiden. Then, with her helmet on her head, and the breastplate of the Valkyrie upon her, he lifted Brynhilde in his arms and carried her through the wall of mounting and circling fire. He laid her upon the couch that was within the hall. There, she would lie in slumber until the hero, who was without fear, should ride through the flame and wake her to the life of a mortal woman. Odin bade her farewell, and he rode back to Asgard. For ages, the fire he built would be a fence around where Brynhilde, once a Valkyrie, lay in sleep. Sigurd had killed a dragon and took his golden treasures. Upon slaying the dragon, he roasted and consumed his heart, which in turn bestowed upon him a gift to understand birds. The birds sang to him that there was a hall 
called the House of Flame. Its ten walls were built by dwarfs, whose name it bore. All round the hall there was a circle of fire, through which none might pass. And within the hall, a maiden slept, and she was the wisest, and the bravest, and the most beautiful maiden in the world. Following the bird's instructions, Sigurd stopped the maiden. The forced ways led him on and up the mountainside. He came to a summit at last, in fell, where the trees fell away, leaving a place open to the sky and the winds. On Hinfell was the House of Flame. Sigurd saw the walls black and high, and all around them was a ring of fire. As he rode nearer, he heard the roar of the mounting and the circling fire. He sat on his horse, and for a long while, he looked on the black walls and the flame that went circling around them. To the wall of fire they came, and Sigurd, who knew no fear, rode through it. Now he was in the courtyard of the hall. No stir was there of man or hound or horse. Sigurd dismounted and bade his horse be still. He opened a door, and he saw a chamber, with hangings on which was wrought the pattern of a great tree, a tree with three roots, and the pattern was carried across from one wall to the other. On a couch in the center of the chamber, one lay in slumber. Upon the head was a helmet, and across the breast was a breastplate. Sigurd took the helmet off the head. Then over the couch fell a heap of woman's hair, wondrous, bright gleaming hair. This was the maiden that the birds had told him of. He cut the fastenings of the breastplate with a sword, and he gazed long upon her. Beautiful was her face, but stern, like the face of one who subdues, but may not be subdued. Beautiful and strong were her arms and her hands. Her mouth was proud, and over her closed eyes, there were strong and beautiful brows. Her eyes opened, and she turned them and looked full upon Sigurd. Who are you who has awakened me? She said. I am Sigurd, the son of Sigmund of the Volsung race, he answered. And did you ride through the ring of fire to me? 
that I did. She knelt on the couch and stretched her arms to where the light shone. Hail, O day, she cried, and hail, O beams that are the sons of day. O night, and O daughter of night, may you look upon us with eyes that bless. Hail, O Aesir, and O Asinir. Hail, O wide-spreading fields of Midgard. May you give us wisdom, and wise speech, and healing power, and grant that nothing untrue or unbrave may come near us. All this she cried with eyes open wide. They were eyes that had in them all the blue that Sigurd had ever seen. The blue of flowers. The blue of skies. The blue of battle blades. She turned those great eyes upon him, and she said, I am Brynhilde, once a Valkyrie, but now a mortal maiden. One who will know death, and all the sorrows that mortal women know. But there are things that I may not know, things that are false and of no bravery. She was the bravest and the wisest and the most beautiful maiden in the world. Sigurd knew that it was so. He laid his sword at her feet and he said her name. He told her how he had slain the dragon and how he had heard the birds tell of her. She rose from the couch and bound her wondrous hair on her head. In wonder, he watched her. When she moved, it was as though she walked above the earth. They sat together, and she told him wonderful and secret things. They talked to each other fondly, and the day flowed by them. Then Sigurd heard his horse neigh for him, again and again. He cried to Brynhilde, Let me go from the gaze of your eyes. I am that one who is to have the greatest name in the world. Not yet have I made my name as great as my father and my father's father made their names great. I have overcome kings, and I have slain dragons, but that is little. I would make my name the greatest in the world, and endure all that is to be endured in making it so. Then I will come back to you in the house of flame. Brynhilde said to him, Well, do you speak? Make your name great, and endure what you must in making it so. I will wait for you, 
knowing that none but Sigurd will be able to win through the fire that guards where I bide. They gazed long at each other, but little more they spoke. Then they held each other's hands in farewell, and they plighted faith, promising each other that they would take no other man or maiden for their mate. And for token of their betrothal, Sigurd took the ring that was on his finger and placed it on Brynhildus. Mm-hmm.